The scripture readings today come from John chapter 4, verses 1 to 28. When Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard he was making and baptising more disciples than John, though Jesus himself was not baptising, but his disciples were, he left Judea and went again to Galilee. He had to travel through Samaria. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the property that Jacob had given his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, worn out from his journey, sat down at the well. It was about noon. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Give me a drink, Jesus said to her, because his disciples had gone into town to buy food. How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a Samaritan woman, she asked him, for Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered, If you knew the gift of God, and who is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would ask him, and he would give you living water. Sir, said the woman, you don't even have a bucket, and the well is deep. So where do you get this living water? You aren't greater than our father Jacob, are you? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and livestock. Jesus said, Everyone who drinks from this water will get thirsty again. But whoever drinks from the water that I will give him will never get thirsty again. In fact, the water I will give him will become a well of water springing up in him for eternal life. Sir, the woman said to him, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and come here to draw water. Go call your husband, he told her, and come back here. I don't have a husband, she answered. You have correctly said, I don't have a husband, Jesus said, for you've had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. Sir, the woman replied, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews say that the place to worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus told her, Believe me, woman, an hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know because salvation is from the Jews. But an hour is coming and is now here when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Yes, the Father wants such people to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, who is called Christ, when he comes, he will explain it to us. Jesus told her, I, the one speaking to you, am he. Just then his disciples arrived and they were amazed that he was talking with a woman. Yet no one said, what do you want or why are you talking with her? Then the woman left her water jar, went into town and told the people, And now from Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 to 16. You are the salt of the earth, 
But if the salt should lose its taste, how can it be made salty? It is no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand, and it gives light for all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. You're probably wondering what um, those two passages have to do with being influencers. I'll get to that. Let's pray. Father God, we do thank you that we are able to come into this place this morning, Father God, to uh, worship you and praise you, to thank you for your word. Uh, and now, Father, as we look into your scripture, into your word, I ask that you would uh, fill each one of us with your presence, um, that we would hear and understand what it is that you would say to us this day. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't know about you, but um, when I heard the term influencer being, well, I've done it already, being bandied about a number of years ago uh, on that thing they call social media, uh, I was immediately suspicious and dismissive. Now, I know I've got to be careful what I say today because as I look around, there's a lot of people here much younger than I am. But be that it may, I've got the floor. But I thought to myself, what, you know, jumped up so-called expert is going to tell me anything about what I should wear, you know, whether I should wear Nike shoes or whether I should use some sort of special lotion for, you know, rejuvenating my skin. Well, that one did spruik a little bit of interest, I must admit. I mean, you now have everybody who has an Instagram account, a Twitter account, a TikTok account. I got those right, didn't I? You know, I'm only guessing, posing as experts in a field based on things like likes or what they think they know. So-called celebrities have been at the forefront because they have been seen by promoters as people with, you know, some influence, some integrity uh, and that kind of stuff. Not all, but most of them. Um, and so through that respect and that integrity that they've gained through their followers, um, they've approached those people to become we would call them ambassadors, they call them influencers for their products and services. And uh, big multinational companies around the world engage these people to do their marketing for them. And there's a real strategy behind all of that. You can ask my wife, Mill, um, my thoughts on social media in general, including Facebook. I'm not saying they're bad, they can be, but I'm not saying they're bad. And she'll tell you that to this day, I really have no interest at all in it. I'm sorry, but I don't. However, I have to concede that I am probably in the minority. I've already said that, I've declared that, let's move on. For example, the soccer player Cristiano Ronaldo has, wait for it, 440 million followers. 440 million followers. That's 440 million people who regularly go to his website to read his that's greater than the population of the United States, right? 440 million people. It just blows my mind. And look at the meteoric rise and fall of Bitcoin. Uh, most of it based around what social media gurus were saying about it at the time. 
so social media only had to post a photo of Elon Musk with a frown and the market reacted. That's how volatile that whole thing was. The Australian government went so far as to ban influencers who were offering financial advice via their platform. Why? Well, because none of them had any kind of qualifications. None of them were recognised by the government. None of them were approved to offer such advice, but they were out there doing it. But what is the definition of an influencer? A very basic definition is this. Person or thing that influences another. Duh. That's pretty straightforward. However, when we come to things like marketing, it's this. A person with the ability to influence potential buyers of a product or service by promoting or recommending the item on social media. There was a quote that I read that said, influencers can add serious credibility to your brand. That's how far this has come in such a very short space of time. Now, the story is told of a Christian writer being sent a letter by his publicist asking him for a list of influencers in his world. Now, at the time, he had never heard of anyone or called anyone um, an influencer. So he wrote back to the publicist and asked what an influencer was. And she said, it's this, big mouths. When these people speak, others listen. She explained that influencers are people who lead. When they speak or exhibit a behaviour or buy a product, others follow. Think of people like Ronaldo, Michael Jordan. In fact, the story of Michael Jordan and his connection with Nike is a really interesting one. little clip and then you can read it for yourself. But there was a salesman from uh, Nike who was following Michael Jordan as a basketball player and constantly hounded him about promoting uh, the Nike brand and he wouldn't at first. Eventually, as you know, he did and the rest is history. Now we can buy Nike Jordan Airs. Don't know what those are, their shoes. But that's the kind of influence that that now has. But we could also think of people like Billy Graham, Bill Hybels, Rick Warren. So he sent her a list and she wrote back, I didn't ask for your friends, I asked for your influences. In fact, today, many publicists now refuse to take on any clients who do not have an active, successful online presence, which meets certain criteria set by them, no matter how good they are at writing, no matter how good their writing content is. Such is the shift away from what we would call traditional marketing. Now imagine having a product that researchers deem as something followers of Ronaldo would like. Straight up, they have potential access to 440 million of his followers if he endorses that product. So let me ask you a question. How many of you see yourselves as influencers? Hands up. One, two, three, four, five. Well, you're about to... Six. Thank you. I see that hand. We're about to get a big surprise. Oh, you're waving to me back there, Ray. Good on you. Thank you. So we read in Matthew 5 this morning the following. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has become tasteless, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by people. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. 
Your light must shine before people in such a way that they may see your good works and do what? Glorify your Father who is in heaven. That's influence, isn't it? They see our good works and as a result of that, they don't say, oh, would a God guy, you are rod because we, I can see. No, 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 we point them to God. Our good works glorify our Father in heaven. That's what being an influencer is. See, God has placed us exactly where he wants us to be at this point of time in history in our world. We should never look back with any kind of regret and wish that we had exerted our influence differently to what is going on around us today. For God has entrusted to us, you and me, a certain level of influence. Influence, and you're going to hear that word a lot, influence is power to affect how someone develops, acts or thinks. So we're going to look at how God, just like he has entrusted to us his treasure, talents, time and the truth, has also entrusted to us our influence. We are to be an influencer for the Lord. So Jesus tells us in Matthew 5, known as the Sermon on the Mount, um, how we are to be as Christians. And then he dives into how we are to be an influence in this world. Jesus tells us that we are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. This means that we are preserving the culture, salt. We are preserving the culture as we illuminate the gospel. Okay, So the light illuminates the gospel. We need to recognise the influence that God has entrusted to us. So when you and I don't steward our influence, we can negatively impact an entire nation, just like we read about in Numbers 13 and 14. The entire nation of Israel was negatively influenced by 10 spies. There was 12 went out, 2 came back with a positive note, 10 didn't. And what happened? Israel followed the 10 and wandered in the wilderness for 40 years just because they took the wrong advice for 40 years until that generation was wiped out and a new generation arose. Another example was uh, Rehoboam in 2 Chronicles 10, verses 6-8, to 8, where he sought counsel from the elders, which they provided to him, but he didn't listen. Instead, he was influenced by the people that he had grown up with. He put more stock in his friends rather than in the people who were regarded as being the elders of the time. And as a result, Israel split and they had experienced great and painful consequences just because of following a wrong influence. When we listen to the wrong influence, we can jeopardise our future. Now the story of the Samaritan woman at the well interacting with Jesus is a story of an influencer. What? How would you say that? In the conversation with Jesus, she, had, she came to a realisation of who he was and did what? She ran, we didn't read this part to uh, I don't think, but that's okay. Ran, because I gave the read, anyway. She ran to her village and shared her experience with all that would listen. Okay, such that those people then came out to meet Jesus. Come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. But verse 39 in that scripture, a little bit later on, is the clincher. It says, Now many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of what the woman said when she testified. Okay? She was an influencer. She wasn't a Christian. She was a Samaritan. But she was an influencer because she led people from the town to Jesus. 
So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them. And he stayed there for two days. Many more believed because of what he said. And they told the woman, we no longer believe because of what you said, since we have heard for ourselves and know that this really is the saviour of the world. Okay, so even though she kind of maybe didn't really know, she had an idea that this was the Messiah, but it was sufficient for her to bring those people out to the point of meeting Jesus. They met Jesus and they heard the word for themselves. Now, she might have been a bit of a shady character, had a checkered past, you know, five husbands and all. Did Jesus judge her? Not at all. He saw her as another person needing to be, to be saved, to be healed, to be set free. And she was an influencer for good. So we need to recognise, though, that each of us, we have spheres of influence in our own world, in our own life. And we can roughly divide these up as follows. There might be what we would call an inner circle. This would be our family, uh, our closest friends, even our spiritual family, people that we worship with and all that kind of stuff. Then there might be an intermediate circle. So that's when we go out one, one step further. And this would be the people that you might work with, classmates, people who you share your life with through hobbies and people you might have a very good relationship with such that you meet regularly. And then there is the outer circle. This is made up of acquaintances and dare I say it, social media friends. Who are these people that God has entrusted you to influence? Now whether we know it or not, every time we act or say something, we are either pointing people towards Jesus or to the world. Hear that. Whenever we say something or do something, we are either pointing them to Jesus or away from Jesus, if you like. Jesus says, we are the light of the world. We are so valuable because our world is in darkness. And you've only got to look at and read the newspapers every day. And, you know, if we were those kinds of people, you would be afraid. We're not. We're we're glorifying God because we know the end is coming and we know where we're going. But otherwise, this is a very dark place. And we have a purpose to shine in it. Light is seen even from a far distance. And the smallest light can dispel the greatest darkness. However, we have a choice. It is possible for somebody to actually put the light under a basket, as we read in verse 15. As a follower of Jesus, you aren't shining your own light. Okay, be aware of that. We're not shining our own light. We are an influencer for the Lord, not an influencer for ourselves. Jesus tells us in John 8 verse 12 that he is the light of the world. Our world is in darkness and without Jesus, we too will walk in darkness, stumbling and tripping because we cannot see. To follow Jesus is to prayerfully ask, what would Jesus do or say in this situation? Remember the old WWJD? That was around for years. What would Jesus do? And it's valid. It's very valid. If we approach everything we do in life with what would Jesus do? Um, it's, it's, a valid, it's a valid way to do it. You'll find an answer to the question in Scripture and then to do it in his power. As we obey Jesus, he will be the light of our life, enabling us to see. You know, there was a time in history uh, of Israel when a, a plot was planned to annihilate them uh, as a nation. And God had placed Esther as queen to, uh, to uh, at that particular time, uh, to 
be involved in the whole process of, of the nation of Israel and she kind of became a, an intercessor between them and the king and the, and the other people. So Mordecai through a messenger said to her, if you, and this is in Esther 4, 14 to 16, if you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance will come to the Jewish people from another place. But you and your family and your father's family will be destroyed. Who knows? Perhaps you have come to the royal position for such a time as this. I love that. I love that. I mean, how many, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years ago was that written? And yet it is relevant for you and me today. We are here for such a time as this. And we are in the position that we are in for such a time as this. Esther sent this reply to Mordecai. Go and assemble all the Jews who can be found in Susa and fast for me. Don't eat or drink for three days night or day I and my female servants will fast in the same way after that I will go to the king even if it is against the law if I perish I perish and we need to understand the rules that were around entering into the king's presence in the court at that time nobody was allowed to do it unless you were invited and if you dared step foot in without being invited that was it you're dead Esther was confronted with a decision to be a light requiring much courage she requested that prayer and fasting be done on her behalf but she also did it herself so to be an influencer for the Lord you always have to cover it in prayer because we're influencing people for the Lord those prayers gave Esther the strength to make that decision to be a light to her people and their nation was spared God delivered Israel through Queen Esther's intervention to avert disaster for the Jews. When we act like light, we point people to Christ, our great deliverer. So we don't just focus our time and energy on our outer circle, if you like, of influence. Because that can sometimes be, dare I say it, and I've, you know, I've experienced this, experienced this stuff, my, my outer circle it's easy enough for me to separate myself from them because you know I don't really have that, have that close a relationship with them so I kind of don't feel obliged to have to necessarily really interact with them all that often because they're the outer circle but the, the, the greatest impact often happens in your inner and intermediate circles that's where salt comes in light is something you see at a distance but salt impacts when it comes into contact with an object now i'm not suggesting you're around throwing salt on your friends all right not nothing like that but you do have a direct impact in their life because they see you up close they see you as you are they can see and experience the joy peace faith and the power of the holy spirit that is in your life salt preserves it imparts flavor when your life is salty, so to speak, when you're full of grace, truth and humility, it attracts people just like salt makes people thirsty, makes you thirsty. Your saltiness, if I can use that word, makes people thirsty for the Lord, if that's who they are seeing in you. God has given you exactly the influence that you have so that you can exercise it for his humility and his grace. How? Well, by having meaningful conversations in Colossians 4 6 we read this let your speech always be gracious 
seasoned with salt so that you may know how you should answer each person. Bible tells us our speech should be seasoned with salt. We should be able to say what a person needs to hear during that time. To know what, how and when to say something, it's a God thing, I know that. But it's a God thing by the presence of his Holy Spirit. So you need to be in prayer. You need to be filled by the Holy Spirit to be the salt of the world. Never underestimate where God has placed you. Just like that little girl in 2 Kings 5 we read about who was taken as a captive slave and yet in a foreign land she was able to speak into the life of Naaman who eventually was healed physically and spiritually. But there is a word of warning for us in Matthew 5. Salt is an amazing compound but impurities can make it tasteless and useless. So don't let any impurity enter into your life. Otherwise, you might lose your ability to influence people for Jesus. So how do we influence people for the Lord? Well, there's a couple of ways. Pray. We've already talked about that one. Rely on the Holy Spirit. So we commit our time and we commit ourselves to the Spirit's uh, moving in our lives. We enter into the world of the people that we are wanting to influence. Now, that doesn't mean we become worldly, but it means we walk alongside them. We, We get to know them. We get to know about them but we model authentic Christ-likeness, which is really important. And don't rush. Allow the Holy Spirit to work through that relationship. Uh, I listened to a message the other day um, by a name, guy named Craig Groeschel, his name is, um, and, w- and one of the points he made about this is, and it's really important for us to remember when we are witnessing and all that kind of stuff, it's not up to us to convert somebody. Okay, it's not our. It's not up to us. I don't have to stand and talk to. I'm going to pick on Rod again. I don't have to stand and talk to Rod till I'm black and blue in the face. And he said, "Yes, I accept." That's not my role. That's not your role. Your role is to introduce people to Jesus and to allow the Holy Spirit to bring to fruition the seed that you plant in their life. And that seed, it might take years to happen. It might happen overnight. Who knows? We need to also ask, though, who is influencing you? What are you watching? What are you reading? What are you listening to? Where are you spending your time? Who are the people you are following? Who is in your inner circle? We don't have it within ourselves to be salt and light, no matter how good we are as people or as individuals. But Jesus entered into our world. He entered as a human being. The gospel is that he paid for the penalty of our sins so that he could be in the centre of our lives if we allow him. Now maybe our inner circle of relationships is broken or you've blown it with your intermediate circle for whatever reason. You've been salt and light but then for some reason there's been a change of course and it hasn't happened and it's not happening. Confess it to the Lord. Repent. Ask him to set it right for you. Set your heart right again so that you can then be that influence. If you humble yourself, admit your need to be forgiven, you can become a new creation because of Jesus. Surrender your life to him and become an influencer to point others to our saviour. In closing, let me ask you a few questions. Do you recognise your sphere of influence? Who are the people in your inner, intermediate, and outer circles 
How are you influencing them? Are you pointing them towards Christ or to the world? What do you need to do differently as a result of, you know, even just hearing our message this morning? How will you apply it in your life this week? Matthew 5, 16, that your light must shine before people in such a way that they may see your good works and do what we read before, glorify your Father who is in heaven. That's what it's all about at the end of the day. Jesus believes each and every one of us is an influencer, not just pastors and the leaders of churches and all that kind of stuff, but each of us. All right, preachers and Bible readers are agreed on one thing about salt and light in our passage. They might mean any number of things to different people, but the one thing they do mean is that salt influences everything it is added to and light influences darkness. They make an impact. Jesus doesn't urge us to become influencers. He says each disciple, by virtue of being a follower of Jesus, already is an influencer. All right, we already are. Jesus wants us to be more influential by faithfully being who we are and by faithfully doing what we are called to do, to follow Jesus, to show love to our neighbour as we would to ourselves and serve others out of the grace and mercy that we have been shown by God. The greatest influencer in the world had none of the trappings of social media. He was a carpenter from Nazareth and yet he changed history more than any other person. Our calendar is based on his life. Our symbols of hope are based on his death. But what else does he offer us? Since his birth, he has more than 2.4 billion followers, making Christianity the largest religion in the world and making up one-third of the total population of this planet. Hmm. I know which influencer I want to follow. You've got 2.5 or 4 billion followers, then you are doing something right. And that number is still growing. So why is Christianity and the word of Jesus so popular even today? Well, his key message doesn't date and having a lasting influence and relevance no matter what. So ponder where you do have an influence. What kind of influence do you have and can have? How does the call to a steady faithfulness prompt you to see a long-term deepening influence? Where could you learn to have more influence let me say it again you are an influencer did you hear me you are an influencer you are on the front step you have a product dare i use that word that everyone needs and that's a personal relationship with jesus christ the best part is it's free no gimmicks no credit card required no sign up details required well kind of but there's no scam it's real it's legitimate it comes as a free gift to all but there has to be somebody to tell people about that free gift there has to be somebody to influence them for good just the love joy and peace of jesus transforming them no matter who they are or where they are from you are an influencer so let me ask you that question again how many believe you are an influencer hands up Let's pray. Our Father, I accept the incredible grace of being salt and light, however that influence is understood, and know that you have called me to extend the kingdom work 
of your son into our world by being what you want me to be and doing what you want me to do, to be an influencer for you. What a privilege to be captured into and for your kingdom. In your mercy, Lord, awaken me and sharpen me as your instrument of love, justice, peace, wisdom and grace. And in your mercy, hear our prayer this day through Christ our Lord. Amen.